The following is a GoPowerCat.com production. It's the day after the Super Bowl. And look at the wreckage. There's dead dogs. The celebration went on late into the night. And that's exactly why Glenn Kinley isn't with us today. That's right. Glenn pulled an all-nighter in Vegas. Partying? Now, covering the Super Bowl. Us suckers are back here in Kansas and in Texas. And this is The Insiders. Welcome to... Ah. Welcome to The Insiders, your K-State sports show. Presented by Synergy Financial Partners. Now let's go to the Rolling Flint Hills, home of the Cats and Dogs studio. Here's your host, Tim Fitzgerald. Oh, hold on. I, I didn't get rid of this. Hold on. I need... I. Nope, hold on, add a stage. There. Woo. <laughs> That's a great mess. start today. My <laughs> mouse died right before we hit the air, and it's like now I got to do off the trackpad, and I turned into like, I can't do anything, man. Uh, uh, Gilbert, you look great today. You're well lit. You you Thank covered you. up the hair. Thank you. Um, I didn't want and, to make uh, you feel left out, yeah. Yeah, I, I, well, you were the outsider in this group, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, Glenn isn't with us. Tim hopefully will join us. Uh, after his news deadline passes and uh yeah glenn uh poor guy had to cover the super bowl but people don't realize that doesn't mean the game's over you get to party he literally stayed up all night working and then did morning shows in topeka uh to make it all work and i imagine he's sleeping i don't think he was coming back today uh but uh, i'm not going to feel sympathy for him though he's still in vegas (laughs) <laughs> vegas it's like uh, ryan gilbert's apartment but in nevada pretty much, pretty much guys we got uh we got an interesting uh, show today because because the uh team doesn't play this midweek so we really don't have anything to preview until they play tcu on saturday but let's start there ryan gilbert how much does this team after that you know huge emotional win over kansas the loss at BYU, which you know, Jerome Tang said he thought his team was engaged. I didn't feel they were nearly as engaged as they needed to be on the road to win. But uh, how much does this team need this downtime now at five and six in the conference heading into the bye midweek? Well, a sign of a team, real quick, being engaged is not turning the ball over, being focused, you know, valuing the basketball. We clearly didn't see that on Saturday. So, Fitz, I'd probably be with you, but. Uh, just in terms of having an off week, it probably is nice to reset. K-State is a little bit past the halfway mark of the season, but I think this is a nice benchmark for this team to just take a step back and not only for the you know the players, but the coaches probably more importantly to look and say, hey, what can we do differently here to give our team a, the best chance to win? And I think that the whole nine wins to get into the NCAA tournament thing, might it, it might be a little um, – you might need 10. You might even need 11, I mean, depending on who you beat. And so I don't want to say that K-State just has to win four more games uh, to get into the NCAA tournament because that's what Jerome Tang's goal is. But over this seven-day period where they don't play, maybe they say, okay, we need to get 10 wins in the Big 12 because based off of the, you know, just looking at the bubble, um, looking at the Big 12, all these sorts of moving parts here, I don't know if 9-9 is going to be enough. And that's just my personal take. But obviously there's a lot of basketball left to be played. We'll get to more of that as the show progresses because I'm, I might be with you at this point. Uh, Big B, though, uh, off weeks, a little pauses in the schedule. As a former athlete yourself, is that good, bad? I mean, can it work both ways? I mean, it absolutely can work both ways, but I think it's it's better. 
Uh, I lean towards the better having some time off to, to reset. Uh, a lot of times, you know, your body gets worn down playing twice a week. Uh, and, and if you think of it as terms of days, a lot of times you're playing three times in 12, 14 days. That's a lot. So, I mean, considering travel and all that kind of stuff, I mean, it can be a lot. Um, so just having a week off, I mean, just think about this. You go ask an NBA player, hey, can you just you take a week off? Would you like a week off in between one game and the next? Every single one of them would tell you yes. They're not going to be rusty. None of that's going to come into play in the middle of the season. Yes, they would take a week off. So, yeah, having the guys being able to, to take – because I'm sure they're going to take a couple days without practicing, then get back to some fundamental type stuff. All of that is going to help them. So, And I think they need it at this point. It's the team that has lost five out of the last six, right? I think if K-State had won five of six, then you're thinking, ah, keep the momentum going. But when you're in this sort of dry spell, I know the victory over KU was great, but when you're in this uh, phase where you're losing, I think it's beneficial to have that bye. bye. Uh, Brian, I just want to point out that I I feel like NBA players take three and a half quarters off every night. So, (laughs) (laughs) but Load management. uh, yeah, it exactly. Uh, let's back up to that KU game. Um, I I keep hearing from KU fans that this is K State Super Bowl. This is the only game that matters. That blocks out a lot of history here. A lot of uh, you know the fact that K State went to the Elite Eight last year. You know that that indicates it wasn't the entire season beating KU. Uh, but I do think there's some relevance to what they say. I, I don't feel like you should have to get way up for this one game. You need to be up for every game. And I just, I, I know you can't match the energy of some of those rivalry games and just your average game, if you want to say it that way. Mm-hmm. But by God, this team needs to find a way to elevate their their energy, focus, attention to detail in other games too, because I don't see anything comparable to what they're doing against Kansas. Granted, they had mistakes, but they always had the focus to come back and recover from those mistakes. And in the other games, it just seems opposite. They they make a mistake, and it just kind of snowballs and has a great impact on them. Gills, why can't they replicate some of that focus we saw against Kansas on Big Monday? I don't know. I wish I had the answers, right? It's I do, too. That's why I have you on. Well, uh, well, I guess I better provide something. But, <laughs> you know, Jerome Tang, his whole um, – the, the game against Kansas is just any other game. It's not about who you're playing. It's about supporting, you know, K-State. That's why he wants the fans yeah. to show up, not because of the hatred for KU, but for the love of, of K-State. And I believe – I don't know if I've said this on here before or podcast, but I, I think that's also maybe a message to his team, maybe not directly, but he wants his players to see him say that to the fans, um, a message to his team to say, hey, you know, we got to treat this game like it's any other – just in terms of the scouting report, the film study, locking in mentally for these games. And so, uh, you know, I think that that all, that all ties together, right? And so there's no doubt about it that I think this team was as locked in as it had been all season against KU, right? You need to find that, you know, consistency. And that's where I said, I don't know, is because it's, it's like the turnovers, right? It's like, why is this team not fixing it? Why is this team so good in overtime? There's so, there, there's certain things that, you know, maybe just can't be explained, Fitz. And so, yeah, yeah, you got to lock in. They certainly need to find it for a full 40 minutes because the first, you know, two possessions against BYU, back-to-back three-pointers. You look at the last five minutes out in Provo, K-State played really good to get back into the game. If you get that for 40 minutes, you beat them by 15, 20 points. But 
obviously that middle portion of the game was rather frustrating for K-State. Um, Big B. Go, yeah, go. here's the thing is, and I don't want to sound too bad or too harsh, but at the same time, part of that, Gills, is lack of leadership. You know, because first of all, if you're not going to get up for your rival, I mean, look, we say the same thing about KU fans when it comes to football season is that this is their Super Bowl, you know, so turnabout's fair play. I, I don't think that it's that big of a deal, honestly. Um, they're, they're our rival. If you can't get up for your rival, who are you going to get up for? Right. So, yes, yeah, saying we're a little bit more locked in for that, that's okay. The problem comes in is when you're not locked in for the other games, well, that comes down to leadership. Well, right. you can say the coaches can <laughs> preach and scream and do all they want. You need somebody in that locker room that's going to say, hey, what are you doing? And usually that comes from a point guard or it comes from somebody who's been in the program for a little. We don't have that big, that leader of the team that we have to have. I'm not saying guys, you know, are malcontent or anything like that. I'm just saying we just don't have that big alpha dog in there to get guys in line when things go awry. It's just the truth. And if you're having to rely on your coach to do all of that for you, that can be fine. But you got to have somebody that's out on the court playing that's going to be doing that. Somebody in the locker room when the coaches aren't around that's going to hold people accountable. I'm not saying we don't have it, but from the things that we see, it doesn't seem like we have that. Uh, that's a great point. Look at the three most successful teams in recent basketball history at Kansas State. You had Rodney Magruder, who was definitely the alpha dog of that first Bruce Weber team. And then you had uh, Barry Brown, who absolutely took over the program for a span there. Uh, and last year you had Marquise Noel. And there's no doubt that uh, Marquise turned into an alpha dog once he had a change in coaches. Um, and I think this team knew right away. I mean, you heard Gilch, Coach Stang talking about leadership early. I think he knew he had problems. He yeah. didn't have that alpha dog. He, that's what he was saying by leadership. He wasn't just saying, uh, come on, guys, let's get to the floor and practice hard. He's just talking about uh, some of those intangibles that the alpha dog can bring to the table that uh, they just kind of demand better from everyone, not just in the big game, uh, but everywhere you're doing team things. And I imagine that would, if you hop by the, you know, the, the laser tag place, the alpha dog is trying to kick everyone's ass. Uh, and, and that's that's sorely lacking and also hard to identify on the recruiting trail, I would think. Fitz, you remember our questions podcast from a few weeks ago, what the title of it was. It was yeah. Kansas State needs to find its dudes. Yeah. And we're still right. having this. I mean, this is what this all ties back into. I mean, even last year, I think Marquise Noel was certainly the leader, but Keontae Johnson was a dude, and maybe he wasn't necessarily the alpha leader in that locker room, but when you need a bucket, you've got that guy that can just go get his own. And we've seen Tyler Perry's late-game heroics this year. We've seen Arthur Kaluma have moments of that. Cam Carter's made a big step forward, but they just don't have any dudes that you can you know, fully 100% count on to go out and get you those buckets. Yeah, uh, my, my kingdom for Arthur to learn a fadeaway like Keontae had. I mean, you know, he backs people down and then he try, he does a shoulder fake and then the defense is there. He's got to pass out. So if he could just elevate and do a little fadeaway, he he might be more dudish. Uh, dude's yeah. getting very confused by this conversation. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but yeah, that, no, he's not. He's just sitting there laying down. I can see him in the stage. Yeah, he's is that's his butt sticking out right there. Uh -huh, I like it. Yep. Uh, but I don't care what sport you're in, Big B. 
you got to have that dude. I think I saw a dude at play a couple of them last night on my television set. I mean, you just, you got to have that guy that says, you know what? We're going to win. We're going to, yep. we're going to win. I know we're down and we got to take the ball the length of the field, or we got to go find a way to get a clean look at it and make a bucket. Uh, but you just got to have that cool hand on the wheel. And I, I don't see that in Manhattan right now. Big B, no. what are you wearing, by the way? What are you wearing? I know. Uh, I mean, you know, when your wife's a diehard cheese fan and she asks you, hey, if we win, are you going to wear this? And I'm like, okay, I will. So it is what it is. Look, don't get me wrong. My skin is literally burning as we speak. Um, but it is what it is. You know, after you've been married 20 years, you yeah, choose your learn. battles. Yep, and this is not one that I even cared about fighting. So that's why I'm not married. That so, works out well for the women. Um, there you go. <laughs> let, me, let me just say, Gil, sometimes uh, uh, you you lose a lot of votes when you're married one-to-one. Yeah, there, yeah. there was one vote for, one vote against. I lose again. Uh, what, Daphne and dude don't get a vote? That they should, but they'd vote with mom because yeah. they're traders. But you give them more treats. Come I on. give them so many treats. Uh, and I feel like that would work. Maybe just hand out some treats on the sideline and get some plays. Uh, but I'm really concerned about this team just says uh, we're – we're halfway through more than that in the Big 12 schedule, two thirds through the season, <clears throat> coming down the home stretch, and they still don't know what they, who, what and who they want at the big moments. I know Tyler Perry takes over late in some games. He's been bad in other games when he's tried to do that. He was, I mean, he's been bad in games that got to overtime with dreadful shots at the end of regulation. Um, so I appreciate that, but. I, I just feel like everyone kind of defers and Tyler does it out of, okay, I'll do it because nobody right. else is doing it. And I find that incredibly frustrating uh, as someone who would always be there to take the final shot. Uh, if you got guys that don't want to take the final shot, who aren't confident to take the final shot, uh, you got tro- troubles. I mean, that's just it. That's just all confidence that we're going to win. And I, I'm just not seeing it. Gil's backing up to that BYU game. They let, BYU get away and the big reason why was BYU being a bunch of 45 year old men just is really well defined they know exactly who they are and what they want to do on each possession defined cut out however you want to say it they've got it in case they didn't have it and next thing you know you're down 17 in the second half yeah BYU looked like a team that had an identity, right? And I think I outlined that in my five things we learned piece from the game up on Go Power Cat was that Jerome Colbert and Will McNair got beat. They got sort of bullied down low in the paint near the rim. BYU controlled that area of the game that seemed to kind of be their identity. And, you know, K-State doesn't have that presence down low to do that. Um, gosh, Fitz, you're so distracting. You know that, right? You're so distracting. I guess he's going to be – Tim's going to be over here today. I, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to hold on. I, if you want to complain, you're, you're out, you're out, you're in. You're going to get out of the stage, and look what he's going to do. He's going to end up over there. <laughs> Why does Streamyard do this? Okay, uh, you're big. Go ahead. Gilbert. All I was saying was just the identity. You know, they they don't have enough consistency from three point range to be a perimeter. You know, scoring offense. Um, they they obviously, like I said, aren't no. strong enough near the hoop. And so it's, you know, like you said, Fitz, it's more than halfway through Big 12 play where you have to sort of start to find that identity, how you're going to win games in March. I don't know if they have that yet. 
Welcome to the show, Tim Everson. I hope you Hello. made deadline. I hope I'm you still have a job. A little bit here. Uh, closer. Oh, I like that. Ooh, yeah. ooh, zoom in. Yeah, yeah. Bring it back. Bring it back. I gotta, you know what? I got to show you a little trick in your camera uh, later on. That sounded really bad. Hey, uh, <laughs> Everson, uh, my mouse died because it ran out of battery life. Your light has died because it had battery life. Uh, but we were just talking about how this team just still isn't defined and can't find the alpha dog. and uh, It's frustrating to watch them play at that level against Kansas and not come anywhere near replicating that uh, a few days later at BYU. Yeah, it, it is kind of weird that we've we've kind of found the team that can they can beat anybody and they can lose to anybody, and that included the likes of Chicago State and and then those other teams that they they took to overtime in the non conference. Uh, it's it's weird. It's it's weird that you know things haven't clicked. I'm sure it's incredibly frustrating for the coaching staff. Uh, you know, if, if we're aware of this and if we're annoyed by this, they, they have to be 10 to a thousand times more annoyed than we are. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, I, I'm sure that they're just like, what, what, what else do we do? I imagine that they've pulled every trick that they have out of their book to try and get something to snap, especially with the turnovers. I mean, I, I, I it's funny to me now that, Jerome Tang has pretty much just kind of given up at this point. It's just like, you know, we can be successful. Uh, and we're, we're just a team that turns the ball over 17 times. That's yeah. just who we are. And we must, you know, win in spite of that every day. And that's just a, it's a weird wall to kind of just have to accept that you have to crawl up every single game, but it's one that is, is the reality. Um, I don't know. The BYU, that that BYU game was just so weird. It was such it was. a weird game. Uh, I I don't know. I they it's so frustrating that they have the capacity to be, you know, they, they could they could go on just as and as impressive of a run as last year's team did in the NCAA tournament. But I don't know if they're going to get a chance to get there. Right. Right. That's exactly. That's the big question, um, and we posed it <clears throat> at the start of the show. Is this team NCAA tournament worthy? And after this break, we'll get into that. What does K-State need to do to get over the hump to put themselves in consideration? Because right now, let's be honest, despite the win over KU, this team isn't even in the conversation. There's the first four out, there's the next four out, and there's everyone else, and that includes Kansas State. We'll be right back. At Synergy Financial Partners, the mission is to change the way Americans plan for their financial future. Synergy doesn't just offer you a financial plan. At Synergy, the goal is to help you find your best financial future. Learn more at SynergyFinancial.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the show. Let's head back to the studio. Kansas State is 5-6 and six in the Big 12 as they uh, have the midweek off and uh, catch their breath, but then they uh, come home and play TCU on 
Saturday, a Saturday morning game. Uh, wake up early. It's 11 a.m. I, I love 11 a.m. football. Not such a big fan of 11 a.m. basketball, but it's okay if it's at home. Let's look at the schedule here real quick. Uh, guys, let's say you want to go 9-9. Nine and nine. Well, you've got four games in Manhattan, TCU, BYU, West Virginia, and Iowa State. And with all respect to West Virginia, I'm most comfortable about that game. Uh, the other three are winnable, uh, but let's be honest, they're all losable for K-State. Uh, you could maybe steal one at Texas because, oddly, they're not very good at home. Cincinnati's pretty good at home, and this KU team plays like uh, the Lakers in their heyday at home. Uh, so I don't know if you're going to get a win there. That'd be kind of funny if you did, but... Gills, where do the wins come from? If you defend your home court, you got them. I understand that. They already haven't done that. Uh, and you mentioned early in the show, you think they might need to get to 10. Where are they coming from? Well, I, I tweeted this out before the BYU game that if Kansas State can just defend its home court, that would get you to nine wins. And any win on the road would be key to give yourself some wiggle room if you do slip up at home. But that's assuming that nine wins gets you in. And so it's just, okay, even if you do win out at home and you lose that on the road, that's probably not going to be good enough. And so I don't think this team is good enough to win out at home. So I think that they're probably going to drop one in Bramwich Coliseum. I think at best you win two. I think maybe one is what you're hoping for as a K-State fan. So I just don't know if that adds up. And I fear that this team fits. You just showed the graphic of all of the, uh, games up on the regular season. Well, I think this is going to come down to the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City, right. similar to what was that 2017 when K State had to beat Baylor to really get over the hump and get into into Dayton for that uh, first round game. And so that that's kind of where this team's probably going to be at in the trajectory they're on is to be hoping for a first four game in Dayton, uh, thanks to a win or two in Kansas City. Uh, Tim, uh, to you. I think K-State's got an odd little advantage this year over a lot of years, and the fact that the Big 12 tournaments now turn into a, a double-buy five-day bracket where unless they're in the top eight, they're going to play on the first day amongst the bottom six. Uh, you can get a win there, and then you move into that that one-buy portion of the bracket. You know, you're, you're now down to the, what, 12 teams, and uh, it's you might get a team that you can very well handle there too. So they've got some opportunities here because this conference is such a muddled mess. The tiebreakers are going to rule the day. God help us. Um, but the door is open to this team doing something in Kansas City, but they haven't done much in Kansas City over the recent history, and they were one and done last year in Jerome Tang's first year. Yeah, it's 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 been a while since they've made a, a legit run in, in, in Kansas City. Um I, I I last time they made the championship that had to have been like Poland senior year, maybe they made it with Bruce's first season. They lost to okay. KU when they That's won the right. Big Twelve in that year, regular season. So that so I mean it, it, it it's just tough. Um it's a tough place to go, especially, you know, the way that you know Iowa State fans flock down there for their annual summer vacation in March. Um, but it's, it's, it's tough. Cause I think that that may end up being the road that they have to go down, which it's not, you know, nothing is set in stone. I mean, you could, 
you know, you could get a, a good draw and have to face a team like like West Virginia, who hopefully you've beaten twice that season. Um, and then you got to play a team like Oklahoma, who is just is not a good matchup and who will just absolutely slap the crap out of you at home. Um, it's not the way it's not what you want to count on. I mean, you yeah. want to win the four game. You want to get things wrapped up before you go to Kansas City if you can. But I don't know if that's going to be possible yeah big b your thoughts on you know relying on getting it done in kc to get over the hump i don't feel good about that i i don't i I just here's my thing i'm still i still think nine wins gets us in i still think that nine wins with the metrics and the way that the conference is and how strong it is i think nine wins will get there now the problem is is do we get the nine wins it's Mm -hmm. just that's where the issue comes in. I don't think getting nine wins is going to leave us out. I think that would be ridiculous, to be honest with you, with what K-State has done. And, and not to mention, it's going to be who K-State has beat. You know, I think people are are leaving that part of it out. To get to nine wins, K-State's going to have to beat good basketball teams that are going to be in the NCAA tournament. Right. So, you know, I think getting there or, or getting to nine wins, that'll get you in. It's just, eh, can you get there? And also, yeah, I definitely agree getting in Kansas City. I don't know why the tournament isn't much more of a, I guess, a home court factor for K-State because I've been in Kansas City during Big 12 tournament times. It's full when K-State plays. It's not like it's, you know, there's 8,000 people or 6,000 people there. No, no, no. The place is packed full of K-State fans. So, I think we've got to try to lean and the guys got to lean into that a little bit more, but you're right. It's kind of been a little bit of a house of horror. So I don't feel comfortable uh, saying that, Oh, well we got to get stuff done in the big 12 tourney. No, we need to get it done right now. And to be safe, go steal a game on the road. I I feel like if we're going to be and do any kind of damage in the tournament, other than being a team that goes to Dayton and loses in the first game, we go win a game on the road here, go to Texas and win. You know, go somewhere and beat somebody. Yeah. And, and just to tell the, the selection committee that we mean business, that, you know, that, that we can get something done in this tournament. Because the one thing that I have seen, guys, the tournament will leave you out if they don't think that you can win a game in it. I have seen that over and over again, where a team, yeah, maybe they deserve to be in. But you know what? We don't think they're going to win. So we don't we won't even put them in the tournament. I've seen the committee do that, and I don't want to see that happen to K-State. That's valid. That's really valid. I mean, uh, you look at the schedule, it, it, the nine wins if they're TCU and West Virginia. <clears throat> I mean, that's like a double loss if you lose to them at home, let's be blunt. Yeah. Um, uh, who am I? Forget it. BYU and then Iowa State. Those are some pretty good teams that boost your resume. Uh, nothing would help more than winning an Allen Fieldhouse, but – we're also trying to be realistic, <laughs> right? Uh, and uh, I, maybe it does get them there, but I, I feel like their metrics are are so off kilter right now. They're they're almost um, Gills are almost sitting outside of the perception of the rest of the Big Twelve. I mean, Texas isn't playing very well, but if Texas goes on a little run here, oh, they're in. They're Texas. They're good. But I just feel like this K State team is. Some of those early season losses, USC stinks. I thought they were pretty good. 
they were good. And and then yeah, Bronny bad. joined the team. Uh, at Miami, uh, they should be better, and they're not so good right now. So the, the metrics don't add up for K-State. But our friend Canelio here over here in the chat uh, ponied up for the Super Chat. You can always Super Chat with us and get your question on. It's down there in the corner. Uh, Canelio can explain to you. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm on the other side of this. I don't see it. But here's his question. Um, at this point in the season, should Coach Tank start Day-Day at the point for the remainder of 2024 and move Perry to the number two guard? Gills, why hasn't he? I mean, Day-Day started the game at BYU. He started three in a row now. But in the other games, correct me if I'm wrong, he hasn't started at the point. He he, he always was off ball. This game, he seemed to be handling the ball. Maybe it was just the ball landed in his hands early in the game. And he scores eight points. He only had eight in the game. He scores the first eight of the game for K-State. I thought they would look pretty good when he had the ball in his hands. Look, he's going to make mistakes. He's a freshman. Tyler Perry makes mistakes, and he's a senior. I feel like making the mistakes. Yeah. You always have to add in that, that <laughs> we're actually older than we look. Um, you know, Ty. Tyler Perry uh, just isn't a natural point guard. Day-Day's going to make mistakes, but I can live with the mistakes more from a freshman. Let him learn. I, I, he, I know he loves veteran guards, but at some point, that ain't working with this bunch on a consistent basis. You nailed it, Fitz. It, the turnovers are – that's what's holding Day-Day Ames back, and the coaching staff, I, it, that in their eyes, it's because he's a freshman. But we just talked about this like 15 minutes ago. The turnovers, there's no – they don't seem to care that they're turning it over 17 times a game, right? Like BYU turns it over seven times. So it can't be impossible to just not turn the ball over at an insane rate. But anyways, that's the reason Data Ames hasn't gotten on the court is because, you know, he plays like a freshman too much in their eyes and maybe turns the ball over too much. But even if he's not playing, you know, Tyler Perry's a, these guys are all turnover machines. And so give Data his chance. The offense runs at its best. If you get Tyler Perry, where he's naturally playing at the two spot, not having to, you know, mentally juggle so much on his plate as, you know, playing as a point guard. Let him play as the two. Let Day-Day handle the ball. And that not only is going to help out, you know, Day-Day and the whole offense, but it's going to help out TP most importantly because he is a shooting guard. He is not He is not a natural point guard. He is not Marquise Noel. And I believe that this staff, maybe it's because of what they saw last year, Maybe it's just the way they want to do things, you know, by and large. I don't know, but they want him to be Marquise Noel, and Tyler Perry simply isn't that guy. So nope. let him go play the two. Is Dede Ames going to turn the ball over at the one? Yes, he is going to. He is a freshman. Sometimes he gets ahead of himself, but K-State's ceiling goes up a lot higher if you have Dede at the one rather than Perry. Yeah, I like That's this great question. I appreciate you bringing that up. Can you yeah, Thank you. Jor here, he's the one true point guard on the team. Yep. And – I feel like this is being missed in the conversation. The guy who handles the ball and initiates the offense doesn't make him a point guard. Nope. I mean, it just doesn't. Point guards uh, just have this creator DNA to them that they, they want to find shots for other people. They know how to create their shots off the, the dribble. When he gets to the rim, he, he typically finishes – um, because he he knows how to do that. He's done it his whole life. And as a kid, when you're playing point guard, you're quite often going up against older, bigger kids, and you know how to maneuver through the lane uh, and, and do what you need to do, get rid of it or get the shot up. And, again, back to Canelio, get him battle-tested, Big B. Get him ready for next year because you're going to have Castillo come in as a 
a genuinely true point guard. But again, a freshman. Uh, so you're going to need the sophomore out there showing the way and 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 getting him more ready. Um, and at the very least, then when they're both on the court, you've got someone with a little more experience. I'm at that point of the season where this isn't working. Try this. That's just where I'm at. Well, the one thing about it is it, it, we all nobody wants to be too critical of Coach Tang because I think right. he's an outstanding basketball coach. But at the same time, let's just be honest. He's wanting something fit. You mentioned it that isn't there. He's trying to make a point guard out of somebody that isn't a point guard. You're going to lose. We've seen it over and over and over, not just with him. I'm just, you can go back however many, many years you want to go back when you see teams trying to make somebody into a point guard that just doesn't naturally have it. It always ends in catastrophe. And we've seen it. And if we're saying that we're going to be a team that, okay, we're going to turn the ball over 15, 16, 17 times a game, if that's what we're going to do, then at least have the guy that's got the point guard skills out there making the mistakes because as many mistakes as we make right now, I'm just telling you the mistakes will become less if you have that guy out on the court. And it's it will be just because he knows where to get the ball. He knows what to do in certain situations when he has the ball. He'll be able to understand that you're going to make he's going to make mistakes, freshman mistakes, because he's trying to push the ball too much, you know, and may dribble into traffic or something on the break, things of that nature. That's going to happen. But I think we've at some point I don't want to say that we're playing for the future, but I just got to say we got to play for right now. What's best for this basketball team? I think we go small, put Kaluma at the four and I go and I go. That is our best lineup out there and just go try. I mean, even if it's not the best I don't know, defensive lineup per se. I go, at some point, we got to make a decision on who we are and what we're trying to do. I go, and just go out there and do it. Because what I saw against BYU, we were good enough to win that game. We got behind, but we were good enough to win that game. I go, so we've got, we've got, I mean, and I'll just put it plain and simple. We got better players than what BYU does. I'm not saying they have a bad basketball team, but we have better players. We should have been able to win the game. But again, you can't turn the ball over 17 times or 16 times on the road to their seven, even if you shoot the same percentage, which we did, you're not winning the games like that. So yep. just we got to get a, a a better grasp on who we're trying to be and what we're trying to get accomplished. And I think it's winning as many games as we can. But and if if we have really accepted that we're going to turn the ball over as much, then get your best offensive guys out there because that's the only way that you can overcome offense. I know I'm a little long winded here, so I You're apologize. Right. But that's the only way that you can overcome, you know, all, or these offensive turnovers, these turnovers that you have is to be able to outscore people, is to score more often when you do have the ball. So then put those best players out there that can put the ball in the basket. And I, I don't want this to turn into a a, a a hate session on on Tyler Perry. Correct. Frankly, this whole the, the way this was all set up has done a disservice to him number one most yes um he could be the best scorer in the big 12 yep he could have been he could have been this season and he's shown flashes that when he is in the mode that he can get into he's unstoppable he's incredible uh you know what what he did at the end of the ku game phenomenal um and it it just sucks that partially because of circumstance partially because of maybe uh, just, just hoping that 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 the, he would maybe be able to do something that he just can't. 
through no fault of his own. Right. This is this is the situation that we're kind of in right now. Yeah. Uh, of course, he's referring to the back-to-back misses in the transfer portal. They thought they had point guards coming in. And then they had Quez Glover, who has now had back-to-back knee injuries that have kept him out <clears throat> and kind of made it less depth at that point guard position. Um, although he's not a true point, but maybe he would have alleviated some of the issues. Uh, Ryan Gilbert, while we're on the young guys, I, I thought, I, look, I don't see practice. I don't know what's going on with Michaela Bridge. I don't know if he's banged up or if he's just not performing well in practice. But I thought, getting back to what Big B said, go small, slide Gasson up to that that big man where he played last year, may I remind mm-hmm. you. And, and I thought that game had... Buddy Rich written on it. You yeah. want to bang? You want to? You want to? You know, stick an elbow in your ribs? Uh, I got a freshman for you, and someone who's really assertive on the offensive end. Is he going to blow defensive assignments? Well, yeah, but I saw K State do that in this game. I saw them blow a defensive assignment at the most important possession of the game and get, yep. get a layup. I'm to the play the young guy stage, and um, at least more. Give them a breath. You know, get him, get him out there, and let him have a get up and down the court. See what if the game fits them. If not, get him out. But we're seeing guys consistently be inconsistent in playing. So yeah. I'm, I'm just, can we try the young guys a little bit more? I mean, K State had plenty of good looks at three point range, but if you weren't named Day Day or Arthur, you were one of fifteen from three point range. I feel like R.J. Jones might have had a better than one in fifteen shot of making one. I just said. Right. I, well, schematically, yes. Like Michaela Bridge specifically would have been great in this game against BYU. But, you know, taking a step back, you know, RJ Jones, he can provide a spark off the bench as he's just a sharpshooter. He's got as quick of a release as anybody on the team. And Michaela Bridge, like he plays, he's going to turn the ball over. It's the same thing we brought up with Ames. But, you know, he might make, you know, some some bad decisions or be in the wrong spot, but his ceiling is just so high that when you're losing, I think they were down by, what, 17, 18 points at BYU at one point? You know, get him in there. Give your team a spark. And most importantly, maybe send a message, you know, to your guys that are down by 17. Hey, freshman, you get in there. You fifth year senior that you're losing by 17 points. Get off the court. You know, you're not playing well enough. Send a message, right? So there's just so many reasons why. And I get it. The seven, you know, the seven people, the, the seven players that went out there, against KU is able to get the win. So maybe they don't need that bench to step up every night. But when you're not performing well and when you need a spark, right, things are just not going the way that you want it to go, give the young guys a chance. And if everything that we're hearing about them is true, that, oh, they're locked in every day, they're stepping up on scout team in practice and doing those little things, you know, sending texts to Coach Tang about film, all those little things, give them a little reward. Let them see some playing time. And I get it. It's about the team. Um, you want to be a team player, and that's where you can help out most is in practice on scout team and stuff. But give them a chance when the team just isn't performing well, when you need a spark. These three freshmen, I think, probably have higher ceilings um, than, say, a guy like – I don't know. Everybody has a, a high ceiling, so I don't want to pick on just one guy. But right. these three freshmen, they can come in and, and change a game in my mind. I genuinely – I do think that. Day Day Ames is in starting five. But Michaela Bridge is as athletic as anybody on the team. And I mentioned R.J. Jones is the best sharpshooter on the team. Look what happens when they started to give Gerald Colbert more, more minutes. Right. Yeah. Yep. Look how that's kind of yep. turned into a, a positive. When yeah. when Dorian Finister started to get more minutes. That is, you know, giving giving those younger guys just an opportunity to kind of build off of that, 
off of off of what they've done in practice uh at this point well i mean i i, I agree why not i'm sure there is a reason because these aren't you know we're not dealing with dummies over there they they, they know what right. they're doing they have they have reasons for everything that they're doing i'm i'm don't want an angry phone call saying that I I don't know more than anyone that that's over in the in the Ice Family Basketball Center, um, but but it, it it feels weird that that a guy like Michaela Bridge hasn't been able to kind of make more headway when when they they could use him. Yeah, particularly when the team uh, not just struggling but kind of is going through the motions. Oklahoma State put the kid out there. He's yep. going to break some stuff. You know, I, he might foul out in four minutes and he, you know, uh, but my goodness, he's going to bring in some attitude. Yeah. Sometimes you just need the attitude out there. You need the freshman out there doing stuff <clears throat> that all the teammates are like, well, crap, he's getting on the floor. I mean, you're getting yeah. beat to every loose ball. Try some yep. other dudes. That's all well, I'm saying. Try if you're su- sucking, do whatever you can. Try some guys that are going to bring some heart and effort to the floor that you might be lacking on that particular night. Yes, that is oh, you said it before I could say it fits. Do whatever you have to do to win a basketball game. Whatever that means. If you got to play the walk-on because the walk-on is going to make you a play in this situation, then that's what you have to do. I agree with Gills and Tim wholeheartedly. Play the young guys. Look, I know I've said this before, and people get on me about it all the time, but I'm going to continue to say it. K-State does not have to be a place where you bring freshmen in and they have to be developmental. It does not have to be that way. And it seems like we're treating these freshmen like they're developmental guys, like they won't be ready to play until they're juniors. I'm sorry. If that's the case, they don't need to be at K-State. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's the case with these guys. I think they can get out there and, and give us some quality minutes. Maybe it's 90 seconds of quality time. That's better than the 90 seconds that we have been getting. So put them out there and see what they can do. You never know. Look, you gave them a scholarship for a reason. And again, I'm not trying to bash on the coaching staff. That's not what we're saying here. We're just saying, look, it's at the time where let's win. Let's just any way that we can win a game. And it might be a different lineup and a different scenario every single game. That's fine. I don't care, and I don't think any K-State fan cares. If it's five different guys that, that end the game for the rest of the season and we win them all, I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with that, including the coaching staff. So whatever we have to do, I think it's time that you're right, Fitz. Put somebody else out there. If we're not getting the job done, and I know they're guys that you've trusted and you've seen them do it in practice. Hey, I, I get that part, but you brought a guy in, you gave him a scholarship, give him a chance. Just give him a chance. If he can't do it, then yank them right out. There's nothing wrong yeah. with that. But that 90 seconds of whatever you get can't be worse than the 90 seconds of some of the stuff that we've seen out here lately. And I'm not saying it's lack of effort. It just hasn't been good basketball. Right. That's all. Right. It just hasn't been good basketball. As we get ready to go to our second break here, my wife has joined the club along with my mother telling me that I pick on gills too much. Uh, but you know, I just want to say as we go to break, I can't even get this out. Uh, if you want 90 seconds of good effort, ladies, <laughs> Ryan Gilbert, we'll be right back. At Synergy Financial Partners, the vision is to build the world's largest consumer financial education and empowerment company. Synergy doesn't just offer you a financial plan. At Synergy, 
The goal is to help you find your best financial future. Learn more at SynergyFinancial.com. Welcome back to the show. Let's head back to the studio. As we come down the home stretch here, let's sneak in a little football. There's a spring game this year. Tim, did you see that? No. They, they, they put out a tweet. And there's a spring game on April 13th. I think it's 13th. I, I can't remember. I can't remember the details. That's too much to ask of me. Uh, but they sent out a tweet. They've got two junior days during spring football and a spring game. Oh, boy. Now, what, I, like it, that that was my reaction, too. Oh, great. I can cover a meaningless game that really just is a waste of an okay. afternoon. But here's my theory. Um, you – you look at the football schedule for next year. There's only six home games to start with uh, because you go to Tulane in the non-conference and it's a, a, a four-game home Big 12 schedule. Add into that, one of your home non-conference games is Arizona, and that might be a Friday night. And that eliminates a recruiting weekend if it is. Now you're down to your, your other five games, the first game of the season, your four Big 12 games. Well, from the start of Big 12 play, those first eight weeks, uh, you have two home games. You have two home games from the middle of September to the middle of November. You've got four road games and two bye weeks built into there. That's that's your prime recruiting visit type of weather and, and time of the year. I think they're sneaking in an extra weekend where they can bring in a bunch of recruits and and uh, probably also raise money with the Powercat auction. But Big B, there's so many things that go into these things, but recruiting weekends are so important for the coaching staff, and to have these shortages of them right now is not good at all. No, no, not at all. Uh, they definitely didn't get any didn't get any help with the, the schedule makers, I'll say that. But, you know, you make the, bo- the most of it. Um, they'll have to figure out a way. I don't know about the spring game. I mean – Look, I participated in two of them. I, I, I mean, the way that we did them with Coach Snyder, I mean, they were glorified practices. It was oh, just absolutely. a scrimmage. I mean, so I just – it is what it is. Um, I, I don't know. Other than fundraising, I'm not sure why teams still do it. I'll be quite honest with you because of the chance of injury and all that kind of stuff. Other than just simply fundraising, I think it's something different. Look, at Colorado – Clearly, they're going to do it. I mean, they had a sellout last year. Now, will they do that again this year? I don't know. But it just – I don't know. I'm I'm so indifferent. I mean, things change. I know if we were talking about this 15 years ago, what are you talking about? No spring game. Everybody's got to have a spring game. Well, actually, no, you don't. And your team can be just fine if you don't. I go, so things are just different. But as far as these recruiting weekends, yeah, it's going to be a challenge, Fitz, but – you know, recruiting has always been a challenge at K-State. Yep. Sometimes uh, we get in our own way with it. This time, it's not that way. It's Somebody has made the challenge a little bit harder, but we'll find a way. What's interesting is that, we've, you know, we've asked as, as a media apparatus, has asked Coach Kleiman about the spring game several times, and he's talked about why he's pretty against doing mm-hmm. it because he's, you know, he's had to defend – basically killing it so the fact that they are bringing it back does mean that there has to be some yeah. kind of, of of reason yep that 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 he wants to do it and then and recruiting seems like a good thing but also you know you have a someone as exciting as avery 
That's going to fill seats. That's going to get people to come to town. I mean, they're not going to have to worry about, uh, you know, getting getting people here, which I know that spring games have not drawn the biggest crowds in the world in the past. I know the ones that I've covered and been to were not, you know, sellouts by any means. But I hope that they do different things, you know, make it fun. Don't do the don't do the the Bill Snyder flip the score at halftime. God, I hated that. <laughs> the only fun thing about that is that we always you always come away with like two or three players where you're like, that's a guy, that's a guy to look out for, and then they just disappear. Yeah, no, they never did anything. Planet, you never hear from them again. So, <laughs> I, I'm with you. I wouldn't mind a little scrimmaging. <clears throat> you know, maybe run some two-minute drills or something and do a bunch of skill testing. I want to know who the fastest dude is on the team. Line him up in front of a crowd. Let's do it. I want to know, uh, you know, maybe a blocking sled thing, push. I don't know, Big B, what you offensive linemen do. It's probably weird stuff. But Oklahoma drills. That, yeah, yeah, the Oklahoma drills really keep them safe. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't watch the what is now the Pro Bowl with the flag football, but the skills thing was kind of cool. Uh, yeah. I would mind seeing some of that, and I wouldn't mind seeing. And I'm sorry, I've done this before, and I always have to apologize. Bringing back the Ron Prince Carnival, um, which isn't the it's about his program. Uh, he, he, you know, he had actually a, one of those traveling carnivals come in and set up in the parking lot, and they had a carnival there, which was cool for the families. This turned into an event. M- my feeling is, uh, Gills, the more fun you can make it for the families, more people will show up. But I also think. That Friday night power cat auction they had for so many years raised so much stinking money. They've gone online since the pandemic, and I can't imagine it's the same because, honestly, they're probably people bidding sober instead of drunk. Uh, and I think they probably want to bring that back. And um, I just find it interesting. I can't wait to ask him, what? You're against this. I'm against it. I think it's a waste of time. You get 15 practices, uh, use them. But if you're going to do this, let's do something fun. Are you – giving me the floor to maybe talk about stuff or are you going to make fun of me? What's going on here? There was no question in there. uh, And I did not make fun of you at any point in that thing. And I, and I regret that, but I didn't. Uh, So you, you just speak now, speak. Uh, Good boy. boy. I just think anyway, you can, you know, get people excited for your, your team. Right. I mean, something's going on, obviously. Right. Like we talk about this with basketball, it's saying why are rich and Jones not getting minutes? Well, there's, there's, there's a reason, right? So there's a reason K-State's going with the spring game as well. I agree. Maybe have touch Avery's hair for a hundred bucks. They probably raise a million. I don't know. I could I could pass off as Avery Johnson. Fitz, you could not. Neither could any of you. Just saying. I kind of look like him. Yeah, (laughs) some ways you're the closest to him. (laughs) Uh, I got it. I got it, man. I'm I'm bewildered by this. I think that's my word. I'm going, but. Uh, the fact that they announced this on via tweet with a couple junior days tells me this is about recruiting. This is Absolutely. certainly about recruiting uh, and trying to make some opportunities out of this. And again, uh, as since we're smarter than the people that do this stuff for a living, um, I think they need to revise how some of the, their recruiting has, you know, the, the mechanisms they've used. So we'll see. We'll see. Does anyone have anything else? Because we've got a good ten minutes here where we could. We could talk about. It. So let me check. Let me check the comments. See if anyone's making fun of Gills. I can pop that up. Uh, 
K-State has, uh, let's bring this one up. This is back yeah, to basketball. K-State has three of the top six players of tur- turnovers committed per game in the Big 12. Uh, that <laughs> It's a 14-school conference. Yeah. And you got three of the top six? Uh, yeah, that's not uh, good. That's not good, guys. It's just, I know it comes back to point guard play, and, and, and a little bit of it does. But it's not just that. So so I don't want people to think that, oh, man, we don't have a true point guard, and that's the reason we're turning the ball over. No, no. It's because K-State doesn't have ball handlers, <laughs> true guys that can create on their own. You know, that's the thing. It's just like some of these guys, they, they dribble into traffic. And look, we can say certain things without trying to bash on them, but it's like the basketball IQ may not it, – it's just like what are they thinking? You know, dribbling into trouble constantly or or not being able to do certain things but still doing it on a basketball court, dribbling with your left hand, which you would think seems basic, or but they can't do those certain things. It's just, hey, guys, just do what you can do, and then we'll figure out the rest. But don't try to do something that you can't and then turn the ball over. And it's, I mean, it's the live ball turnovers that just are – that's what's killing the team. It's the live ball turnovers that turn into layups or a three-pointer on the, at the other end. That, that's absolutely killing us right now. I would love to see some off-season work by this team. Uh, and I'm getting a flashback to my old basketball coach, so excuse me if I start crying. Um, but don't shoot the ball at practice. Anyone who shoots the ball has to run, unless it's a free throw. Uh, we're going to do all ball handling, passing. Again, I saw this in the BYU game. Here's a simple pass that's not fully defended by anyone, and I missed you. I about threw it out of bounds. What is going on? K-Ned, this is for you. Go pass yourself the ball off the wall. If if Mr. Tossbacks, Tossbacks aren't in use anymore, and we used them when I was in high school, a little net that springs the ball back, pass the ball to yourself. My God, the fundamentals are awful. It makes me... Makes me want to, I want to cry. Look, they just turn the ball or something, right? Yeah, it, it's just <laughs> pathetic. If you, it, why can't you dribble better? Get to work on it in practice. Dribble up and down that court repeatedly with defense. Repeatedly bring in Marquise Noel in the offseason to defend you because he's going to steal that ball from you. They, they got to get better. They can't have this and be successful at in any way if they don't clean up the turnovers, become a better passing team. If you don't pass the ball to someone so that they can do something with it the moment they catch it, it's a it might as well be a turnover because you just wasted time. That's if they it. do that, I'd love to see the numbers on the first couple days of uh, this team versus Marquise Noel. I, yes. <laughs> it's got to be in the hundreds. I mean, it'll be. But you'll, I mean, you'll learn. You'll, yeah. Because he's stealing it. He's stealing it. Yeah. Noel was awesome as a point guard and score and all that. But I kind of like, you forget about how good of a defender he was a pest on defense. Yep. He absolutely was. Um, And thank you for being our pest, Brian Gilbert. Uh, That's it for this issue edition, whatever this was, of the K State Insiders. Big B returns tomorrow in the same time slot with the Big 12 Insiders. He's got a couple guests, uh, a couple guys that have been on that are really good. I'm excited to see that show. Maybe Gilbert will be on later in the week. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. And of course, that's Big B Day is typically Friday, although we stuck it in on Thursday because we make the rules. 
We don't have to follow the rules. That's it for this issue. Uh, Glenn, we missed you. This edition, we missed you so much. Um, I've pulled an all-nighter in Vegas, but it wasn't working. <laughs> this has been a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. Please support this show by subscribing to this YouTube channel or follow us on your favorite podcast platform.